where I am bringing to you another divine being, uh, an ordinary woman who just like you, just like me, has undergone an extraordinary spiritual awakening. And Align with Lina is about bringing you examples of how anybody can awaken. We, every single one of us, has the opportunity to wake up and acknowledge the magnificence that is within us. And we, because of our free will, can choose to align with that or we can reject it. We can align with our light or we can reject it. It is perfectly okay whatever we're choosing to do. However, when we align with the light that is within us, our life changes dramatically. And that change is an embodiment of a grace, of a peace, of a gentleness, of, of a... Of a you know, a compassionate heart. And because I wanted you to have an experience of what aligning with source is all about when we awaken, I invited my my guest today. So please, everybody, join me in welcoming Sue Carter Collins, who is a, man, let me put us on the bigger screen, magnificent being of love and light. Thank you so much, Sue, for being here with me today. Thank you for inviting me, Mina. Hi, everybody. How are you? It is such a blessing to have this opportunity to share with you. And I am so looking forward to being here. So looking oh. forward to the conversation. Yes, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to touch a lot of hearts. And uh, I am certain we're going to give uh, some, some nuggets that are going to make some people go, huh, if Sue and Lina can do this, so can I. And that's the intention of, of this program. So let me start where we start with everybody. Um, roughly what age, what was going on, what, what, take us into your life when you began to question the, the, what you perceived as your, your reality and you were beginning to go into that place of there's got to be more than this and you begin to want to know who are you really, you know, what, what's your purpose, why are you here? You know, everything happens incrementally and my first recollection of the change or the knowingness, let's say, is that I probably was about seven or eight years old and, and I grew up as a Baptist and we would walk to Sunday school, right? And I would always, I asked the question, well, where's God? Where's God? And it was always so amazing to me, even as a kid, that people kind of, there's this thing that people do where they, when you ask where's God, many of them will kind of roll their eyes up as they're looking up at the sky. And I'd look up at the sky too, right? Because I'm all excited and I want to know. But when I looked up there, all I saw was clouds. I didn't get it. I, I, I didn't get it. And, and then, you know, it's, and, and after a while I was told, well, stop asking questions. So that shut me down. It's like, you're not supposed to question God. You're not supposed to question God. And then when I was about 26, I had this realization that it was all a lie. Everything mm. that I had been told was a lie. There was no Cinderella, there was no fairy tale ending, and life was just a series of ups and downs, and that was almost devastating. What? No Cinderella? That means that there's no Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> no Cinderella, no Santa Claus, no elves, no Easter Bunny, no, no, no. So let, let's let's stop there for a second and let's talk about what what happened inside of you when you realized that these things that were making this world, um, you know, a fairy tale were not true. Honestly, I was very angry. I was very angry. I, I lived in anger for a while. I I just thought it was all such a lie and why would they tell me that and why and and you know because I also had this idea 
Now you have to picture this. I am a black kid, a black girl in the South at a time when black wasn't a preferred color and um, being female also wasn't to be desired because boy, you know, boys will be boys and boys got it all, right? And so I had in my my mind this idea based on the storybooks, which were all for little white kids that I would grow up, I would have live in the big white house with the little white picket fence and the the two kids and the dog named Spy. And there was no dog named Spy. There was Wait, no I, I had that same dream. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was very angry. It's like, why did they tell me this? And, and, and I went on this journey of where did that come from? Why did I believe that? And I realized I, did, I couldn't put these words to it at the time, but it was the programming. What yeah. you consume is who you be. Yeah. And, and and that's what I consumed and that's what I believed. It, it was very, very disheartening to realize that, no, that's not your reality. That's not your yeah. reality. Yes. Yeah, your reality is not the the consumption that, that is such a uh, an incredible narrative that we have all been sold to. It's it's we have not accepted the fantasy as being a story that we read. Um it, the fantasy has become our reality. And right. when we discover that it is not true, like you said, it's all a lie, um, then I think for most people, first comes that denial part. And it's not true that this is not true. Um, but then, yes, when you begin to see that, the, that it's a lie, there is an incredible anger. I know it arose for me. And, and I, was, I was angry for years. Um, I, it took me a long time to work through that anger because I had to look at everything that I was angry about and kind of like break that down and begin to find the, the truth in that, which for me was the God in that. Um, take me through the process of you moving through your anger. What assisted you in moving through the anger and how were you able to transcend the anger? Well, initially I didn't move through it. Initially, I... I I went through a period of questioning everything that I believed, and then I went through a period of not believing anything. I said, first I was agnostic, and then I was atheist. And I realized afterwards that it wasn't that I was atheist, it's just that I didn't know what to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, it has taken, you know, later I had an experience. I. I had my son when I was 34. My mom died that um, in 1988, and she was a very spiritual person. She was like my guide and light. And by this time, I had begun to have some spiritual experiences that one might call supernatural. And mm-hmm. I went to, I, first I asked my mom if she had ever experienced anything like that, and she said, no, talk to your pastor. And so I, I, at that point, I was involved in the church, Still not sure what I believe, but I uh, went to my pastor and said, you know, I have this experience where God talks to me and I only hear him in my right ear. And I, you know, I get these messages and I'm not sure what to do with that. And it's really kind of scary because I'm, I'm, you know, and he said to me, God doesn't talk to people like that. That's not the way God is. <laughs> and I, that kind of shut me down some yeah. more. Uh, yeah. It was a long time. 
I, I didn't, my big thing was I didn't want to be crazy. So as I was going mm-hmm. through, through my, the transition, it, this is, this is a, a process of many years and actually to bring you to the end, um, I didn't really accept who I am until hmm, six years ago. Now I'm 68 years old wow. and I've been on this journey for a long time and I've had a lot of experiences where God is showing up in my life in a lot of different ways that perhaps is not the case for many people. And I, but I remember always, I, I had this fear of not being crazy because there was this, when I was a child, my next door neighbor's name, her name was Zadie Mae. And she was a, a middle-aged woman. She had children, some of whom were my age. And um, people would talk about her. They would talk about how crazy she was. And, and she would stand on the corner and preach the word of God. And that was my memory. And I didn't want people to talk about me that way. So I shut down. I didn't tell anybody about any of this stuff. I, I just said I made it up and, and shut it down and kept moving. Wow. Okay. Let, let's stop right here because... I've been coaching now since 2007 and one of the things that has been consistent over the past 13 years of working with thousands of people now Mm -hmm. is that every single one of us that has an encounter with a divine before we have an awareness of that that's okay we all at some level begin to think we're crazy only only when somebody tells us that that's crazy or that that's not possible. So it requires somebody, typically a person of influence, of authority that we look up to. When that person doesn't validate what we're experiencing, we willingly shut it down because we don't want to be that crazy or that, that who do you think you are? You know, God wouldn't talk to you kind of an attitude. And that is exactly, exactly, exactly what we all have to go back and reverse. We all have to go back and acknowledge that God inside of us, that source, spirit, you know, higher power, whatever you want to call it, inside of us. Um, and, and consistently, the person that most affects on, on, a, on a general level, people who shut that down, comes from a place of authority in religious institutions because it is it's amazing let me ask you um why do you think that is that we shut that down when when a a religious person says something like that to us well i i think that it's because because of our programming we we are taught to believe especially if the person is a minister or other person of authority they are, quote, unquote, they are supposed to know. They're supposed yeah. to know. You are in a position, especially as a minister, you're in a position where you are, quote, unquote, uh, teaching and are preaching the word of God. You are ministering to people who look to you as their leader, look yeah. to you for spiritual guidance. And if you say that that is not so, that what you're experiencing is not so, many times we, and certainly I, will deny myself so that I can be in alignment with you rather than being true to myself and remaining in alignment with source. 
Yes, because, you know, the main reason is we when we are willing to give up our alignment is because we don't want to be judged or or um, cast aside by those that we consider, you know, authorities in the know. So I also the opposite side to this is I have found that to reclaim that alignment with the source within, we then go to other authorities. And for me, it was reading uh, books by like Wayne Dyer and reading A Course in Miracles and um, attending um, workshops and events with people who were teaching that that source was inside of me. So in a way, I rejected my true self because the authorities that that basically told me that I couldn't possibly be, you know, this this magnificent light that I thought I was, were my grandmother, uh, who I revered, and the church. And then mm -hmm. I went to the authority of these other spiritual teachers, reading the Bhagavad Gita, which is, you know, Hindu teachings, reading um, lots of other philosophers like Lao Tzu, like Rumi, like Jesus, studying the works of Jesus. I then went to other authorities. What were some of the authorities that you went to that assisted you teaching books, um, poetry that assisted you in beginning to remember the truth of who you are and accept it? Well, first, I started to, I, I rejected the church, but I maintained my relationship with Christ and with the Bible. And okay. so I started to read it and ask for enlightenment for myself. That's, that's where I actually started. Uh, and I remember having experience where based, it was a spiritual experience where I said, I felt that God was asking me, what is it that you want? What, what, if you could have it all, what do you want? And I said, give me wisdom and give me peace yeah. and give, make me the embodiment of peace. So the, the Bible is my foundation, but I also, uh, I, I, began to listen to like Abraham and Esther and Esther Hicks and I began to read Wayne Dyer. I love Pima Chodron um, yeah. and I've been referring her, I, her book, uh, oh, I can't think of the name of it, but something in uncertainty. Um, I was just looking at it the other day, but I began to refer other people to her because uh, there is a lot Many, many times the, the traditional sources or resources are not going to, as you are awakening, you're coming into your own beingness, uh, they're not going to give you the information that you seek because they have, they, they drink the Kool-Aid, so to speak, <laughs> they've been programmed to, uh, and they have not yet, even though they hold these positions, they have not yet had their own spiritual awakening at that level, at the level that you're trying to come into. So... So let's let's pause here because wait, this tidbit of wisdom that you sh just shared, I want people to really pay attention to this. Don't miss this powerful nugget Sue has just shared with us. The the positions of authority that we go to for truth, when they have not had their own personal experience of truth they do not know how to help you find your truth. When we disseminate truth because somebody else gave it to us, that truth always puts some authority outside of us. It is until we have that personal awakening, that total and complete knowingness that the voice of knowledge, the voice of truth is within us. 
we cannot go blaming the people who couldn't give it to us because they didn't have an experience to give truth from. They were just regurgitating information that was handed to them. And if it was handed to them by a person of authority, they accepted it because they too wanted to be accepted by that, that person for a promotion, for a position, for whatever reason it might be. So don't miss this powerful bit of nugget. Truth can only be experienced inside. Then Absolutely. you know it's your truth. So share more about when you begin to feel this truth, what began to change in your life from that experience? Well, one of the things that happened, you know, Wayne Dyer talked a lot about meditation. I mean, that was, I, I looked to him for that. And he talked about how he, that I can't, that I am meditation that he shared with the world. Oh my yes. gosh, I, I love that meditation and I would listen to it all of the time. And uh, I, that's, I, you know, I spend a lot of time and I still do spend a lot of time in meditation and I share with my clients and others that there are many forms of meditation, but there's no, you don't have to adopt, adopt any particular form. The, the thing about meditation is getting quiet going within, seeking alignment with source, letting that be your intention to seek alignment with source, and then just being in the being in the energy and being ready to receive. So I did a lot of that. I would meditate for hours uh, throughout the day. Number one, because I loved it. You know, it's like after, <laughs> I could be one of those people who could get addicted to just doing that. But I did that a lot. And then I got back to nature and I got back to, because nature is what, keeps me grounded. I love the greenery. I love the water. I, I did that. And I just began to study all of these different authors that, you know, so many now that I can't call their names, but this is the way, you know, God works with me. And I say God, and I, and I know that some people have difficulty with that term, but that's what I grew up with. And so that's what I'm comfortable with. But, yeah. and I say he or she, but I understand that God is not has is not a person. Yeah. Uh, I, I shared to you early. You asked me earlier uh, when I first began to realize that things were different, and when people would roll their eyes up at the sky, I always when when I asked about where is God, God for me has always been pure energy. I always saw this uh, brilliant white light that was like brighter than the sun. And so when people refer to God as a man or even as a woman, that's never been what I, I've seen. I always have envisioned uh, the energy of God. And, and when I talk about it and when I work with clients, whether I'm doing healing energy work or, what, or whatever, that is the energy that flows through me. And that's when I know that I am speaking truth. Yes, so, I love that. Love that. I am. Um, I had an encounter of the best kind in, in 2007 um, when I was called into teaching, when I was basically told you're going to leave your old life as a realtor and you're going to become an awareness coach and this is what you're going to teach. I was giving a workshop. I was giving processes and I'm writing this down going, what the hell is this? I didn't even know what I was doing. <laughs> But I was, a, I was so faithful to following for exactly what you said. When I aligned with that truth, I never felt more authentic, more happier, more at peace, more certain. So I knew if I let these words come out of my mouth that have been given to me to share, 
I it was like my my favorite drug of choice because when I was teaching truth, it's like I was giving and receiving. Through the giving it, I was receiving the most amazing energy that was moving mm -hmm. through me. And like you, I came to realize it is energy. And when I had my encounter with Source, God, Spirit, whatever you want to call it, I too grew up uh, with a Christian faith and, and a Catholic. So the word God was was uh, part of it until I was angry with God. Then I, I did call it universe, spirit, source, you know, creator, anything but God. Mm -hmm. But when I had my encounter with God, God recognized that I had a I had a hard time with the word God, and it told me to call it an acronym, GESEL, G-S-E-L. And it said, God is the source of the energy of love. And as long as you remember that I am the energy of love, yes. and I am what sourced everything, then that is what God is, and that's what God needs to be for you. So ever since then, I call it Jesus. Um, and it has been a source of not only peace, but the best part about that, too, for me, is it allowed me to understand that this energy is the intelligence that permeates everything. It and is. I'm a student of A Course in Miracles, which is why I love teaching from it. In The Course in Miracles, it says God is in everything we see. And when I began to realize that God is in everything, my life changed completely. It's like I did a 180, and then things began to change. And I'm so glad, Angela, you're here with us, and hi to you, too. Um, and if, if those of you who've got quite a uh, good-sized audience, if, if you've got questions, comments, things you want to share with Stu, by all means, let's uh, share those with me, and we'll post them. Um, but, Sue, how did your life begin to change? Take us into the, the shift. What, what became visible, um, not necessarily to others, because oftentimes our shifts are not visible to others, but what, what began to become the truth that you were living by, and how did your life change because of your alignment to this energy? Well, on, on a personal level, I began to realize that when I am in alignment, Life is easy. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't have problems. We all have problems. But I also began to change my languaging. And so I really don't so much think in terms of problems as I do. We all have opportunities because for every, every situation that occurs, there is all, there's, there's a dark side many times to get our attention, I think. But yeah. there's always light, there's always gold, uh, G-O-L-D. So I began to focus on the goal and always asking myself, now, what am I supposed to learn? You know, it's interesting, I, I'm familiar with A Course in Miracles, and I started to read it, but God has worked this funny thing with me where I am only allowed to read certain things at certain times, and it's not that there's anything wrong with the other sources. That's not it at all. Uh, I, when I asked about that, I was told that because of the way my mind works, then I need to be, I need to have more purity of thought. And so, as I am, as I transition into different phases of knowingness, then God will refer me to different resources. And 
when that happens, I go through, I may go through a period of two to three weeks where night and day I am obsessed with a particular thing that I am now focusing on. And, and, and the, the thing that I'm focusing on, the topic, the lesson is always one that God gives me. And so I go through a learning process, maybe three or four weeks where I'm just led to different teachers, a lot of them online, a lot of books. And, and it started to happen more and more. And what I realized is the more I rely on God to lead me, the more God leads me. And so the things that I need to know, even in terms of the energy work and how I work, I'm a Reiki master teacher, but I'll tell anybody that when you see me work, you realize that what I'm doing is not Reiki. Because what I'm doing is allowing source to move through me and move the energy and move the and use the energy in accordance with what a particular person needs. So I, I would say, you know, the short answer to your question really is uh, once there was the shift and and I accepted and <laughs> accepted the calling. Right. Once there was the shift and I accepted because initially I didn't then these are the things that began to happen in my life. But I had to I love, learn to do that. I love hearing that. I, I absolutely respect anybody who says, this is my path, this is what I've got to read, or, or no, that's not my path, that's what I've got to read, because like you, I experienced the same thing. I was led to specific books. I had a book literally fall out of a shelf in a bookstore at Phoenix and Dragon. I've had I'm that happen too. I've had nobody, that happen too. Mm. Nobody there. And this book falls out. And as it's falling, it had the title that I had just come out of a room and had a reading with a, um, an amazing psychic at that time. This was really early in my journey. And she said to me, Jesus is trying to contact you. And I said, please, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I used a four-letter word. Get the f out of here! And she said, no, that you, he will continue to uh, attempt to reach you until you accept. So I walk out of her room, trying to make sure nobody in there saw me coming out of that room, and I didn't want anybody to know that I was going. To <laughs> this was early on in my my journey when I was in the spiritual closet, and I um I walked past this set of books on a round um, display case, walked by it, a foot away from it, I didn't touch it, nobody was around there, and this book comes out, and it was The Life of Jesus According to the Gospel of John. And wow. I, I picked that book up, and I knew, and from that moment on, and this was early, 2000 and maybe three, or 2004, my journey started in 2002 when my mom passed away. And when I read that book, I was in tears because what happened for me through that book is that what I knew was true about Jesus, the kindness, the compassion, the benevolence, the teaching us that God, God and the Father, you know, the Father and I are one and so are you, that book reminded me of this truth that I knew was true. But when I was growing up, I was taught that that was not true. I was taught that I was being arrogant to think that I had a, a relationship with Jesus, that Jesus knew me, that Jesus would want to be in touch with me. And in my little girl's heart, in the innocence of my little girl, I knew that was true. 
But I, like you, shut that down because I didn't want to make my grandmother upset, who was, you know, the one that was primarily um, my teacher uh, of of Christianity because she's the one who took me to the to the church. And I grew up in the Dominican Republic, which is a not only a Spanish speaking country. However, the masses that we went to were all in Latin. So she translated what was being said to me. We, we never had a Bible. I never saw a Bible till I was like in my 20s. Um, but my grandmother interpreted the, 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 what was being said to me. And she, she related it all very fear-based. So I shut that part down. And when I shut that down, I something in me kind of died. I, I lost part of my my joy. When I read that book, The Life of Jesus According to the Gospel of John, I it's like I came alive. It's like something inside of me that had been dormant got activated when I was reading truth that felt true. That Jesus was teaching about love and that it was a message that we are the healer. We are the source of abundance. We are the bringers of love and light. We are the peace. And our work was to be an embodiment of that in the world. And and I can't hear you, sweetie. Uh, I can't. So make sure you unmute yourself. Let's see, somewhere, check your computer, maybe you hit mute. Let's see, let's get you back on. I thought I had heard maybe a sound in your computer. I thought I had heard like a voice and then all of a sudden it went silent. All right, let's get you back on. There. Okay. Oh, can you, now can you hear me now? Perfect. I can hear you. Um, a, a call came in. I'm sorry, and no it no threw worries. me off. No worries. Uh, you know that that happens. We all have to take a break, and and, <laughs> and we get thrown off, and we come back in. So, okay. you know, it's a perfect analogy of we lose a lot. I lose my alignment. When a call comes in, a, 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 the voice of the ego comes in, I lose my alignment and then I got to reboot and realign. Um, but back to this, Sue. Um, so I had to work at accepting this truth that was being activated in me. When did you begin to accept um, that, yes, you knew that there was something inside of you that was expressing truth and you were going to align with that? You know, I, I think... The thing that I love about God, one of the things that I love about God is that he, because we are one with source, then uh, source knows each and every one of us and he knows what our personalities are and how to, how to move with us. And so it's been very incremental. Uh, when I was in law school, I had an experience where I call it my conversion experience, even though I was baptized at age 12. Uh, I did that because all my friends were doing it. It, it was a cool thing to do. I didn't really have a conversion experience. But in my, in, I remember it was like Thanksgiving and my second year in law school, uh, which would have been 82. And I, 
I had the experience where it was like I was sitting in on the floor in the yoga position and I could see what was fire. I was in meditation, but I could see what appeared to be fire coming up from my feet. And then there was like what appeared to be water coming down from above. And then there were these little doves coming up from my feet and they got bigger and bigger uh, as they flew away. And I recognized what they were. And then I could hear God's voice saying, I'm well pleased. And so that was like the first step. Uh, and I asked my mom about this. She's still alive at this point. I asked her about that. She hadn't had that experience either. So I didn't tell anybody else. And so over the years, I had different experiences like that. Uh, but I still wasn't telling anybody. And honestly, this, this is when I accepted. I accepted in 2012, I realized that I, because of all my hurts, because of my pain, because I was going through a broken relationship, a 20 year relationship that was ending. And I had started to drink really heavily. And I, when, when I realized the situation, I, it was because I realized I couldn't stop drinking anymore when I wanted to. And so at that point, I had to admit that I was an alcoholic. And I, um, the night before I went into the AA, started the AA program, I was sitting and I was suicidal. Oh. And I just said to, I was sitting there on my couch and I was crying and crying and I was just screaming, you know, God, you've got to stop. You've got to fix this. you got to fix it. And then I said, okay, God, I'm going to give you one more chance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you one more chance. And if it doesn't work this time, I'm just going to die because I'll take my life rather than live like this. I was in such pain. And mm. that began my journey. That, that really began my journey to where I am now. And so it was a very difficult journey. It was me, the first three steps in AA basically require you to admit that your life is unmanageable and yeah. to give it over to, give your will over to the, a greater power. And that really, I, I, I really, um, I think AA, the AA organization for everything that it did for me, for helping me to become who I am now and that I I mean it was a difficult process but at the end of my first year I realized that I needed something else to focus on and I became a life coach and in the process of becoming a life coach the first day I was there I realized uh, that all of my childhood memories had been suppressed yes and as we began to talk about it I realized that I had I uh, had been sexually abused my, by my doctor, uh, that there had been a lot of sexual abuse uh, and just a lot of uh, uh, spousal, spousal abuse, different types of abuse that I had suppressed to the point that I was empty inside. I, I was just a black hole. Yes. Uh, and as I began to come out of that, I think like the second week that I was in my life coaching program, I had the first experience where I was coaching one of my peers and I could see, I mean, it was like an interesting experience to be able to see into her body and see mm -hmm. the energy. And I didn't know what that was. Yeah. And uh, my insecurity immediately came to the fore forefront. I don't want to be crazy. I can't say to this person, this is what I'm seeing, but this is what I'm seeing. And it was like at that point, God was saying mm -hmm. to me, I have all of your life. You've said not now, not now. I've come to you. You've said not now. And, and it was true. I, God would attempt to, to have me move forward and I resisted and I would say, not now, God, just let me do this one more thing, one more thing. And typically it was either career or it was academics. 
Yeah. One more thing. And then God said, no more. And so just <laughs> as I had given God the ultimatum, I'm going to give you one more chance. God gave me one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Isn't that, isn't that the beauty of grace? The grace of this beloved source of all that is. Oh, that's who Gave I, me one more chance. So. I love hearing that. You know, you, you've given me so much to play with. So, so let, me, um, let me share what you have just said in a way that actually relates exactly to what's happening in the world today with this coronavirus. Mm -hmm. So I want to tie it and make it relevant to what's happening. So God gave us paradise. It, it gave us this beautiful planet that took billions of years of so many things that were happening on this planet for everything to become the perfect Garden of Eden that it was with the animals, with the with the oh Cheryl I'm so glad that this uh her story resonates with you well you're gonna like what I'm gonna say because it's gonna tie all this stuff together so God gives us this paradise um beautiful planet for us to enjoy for us to share for us to take care of to cultivate to basically benefit from so then we get this own personal life every single one of us gets this physical body to incarnate to become one that can share and care and, and be part of, of a wonderful system on this beautiful Garden of Eden. And we as children, like you and like me, know that we have an, 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 a connection with the source and we allow an external voice, an authority out there somewhere to tell us that that's not true. Yes. So we shut it down because we think we're crazy. And when we shut it down because we think we're crazy, life gets pretty crazy then yes then the abuse starts happening because we have given our power to an to first one voice of authority typically our parents then then it doesn't take long before we give it to the church and then it doesn't take long before we give it to the teachers then we give it to the boss and we give it to the partner then we give it to somebody yes. um and life, God gives us chance after chance after chance. Things don't work. Things don't work. Things don't work. We get abused. It's painful. And then comes the biggie. Well, if we look at humanity, how many messages have we been given? We've been given Buddha. We've been given yes. Jesus. We've been given Lao Tzu. We've been given Mother Teresa. We were given Martin Luther King Jr. We were given Priscilla. Yes. We have been given many forms of authority because they were speaking truth that they embodied but we didn't listen to them because they were not you know they were not like a, uh, the pope of the church they were not the ceo of the company they were not the authority that we had been taught to bow down to so what happened to sue what happened to me my mom had to die for me to finally fall down into my on my knees to me yes. I call it that drop to your knees moment when you say God not my will anymore but yours be done and for you yes you have that moment and let me tell you it, it's the same for everybody when you bow down not that you're yes. bowing down to God but that you fall to your knees and you stop trying to do things on your own Everything you've been suppressing, everything that you've been denying, both the darkness inside of you that caused you to reject um, your authenticity and the light that is inside of you that you've been blocking because of your denial of your authenticity will come out. 
you will have to see the ugliness for you to say no to it in, in acceptance of the light that is there. In the world today, coronavirus is that drop to your knees moment. Yes. We have got to decide that we have, as there's a song, I can't remember who sings it, we um, you know, uh, took paradise and built a parking lot. Um, you know, we've destroyed paradise. We have destroyed the Garden of Eden. We have been selfish and greedy and bowing to the authority of governments and pharmaceuticals and money and corporations and titles. We have bowed down to these authorities outside of us and yeah. have not been listening to the authority within us. And it is that authority within us that automatically has us want to be one with all that is, has us share, has us care, has us connect in service to humanity and when we go through this awakening process we are stripped of all false authorities all false idols all false masters outside of us and we have to come down connect with the master within that wants to express itself for me it happened through the, the way of becoming a coach and a teacher of workshops for Sue also becoming a, a life coach and teaching um, for some, it'll be to write songs. For others, it'll be to create new, new formulas, new, new medicines that are holistic. For some, it'll be running for office like Marianne Williamson. We're all going to be called in the way that we're supposed to be called. But the one thing that is common in everyone who awakens and becomes a teacher is we see the light in others and we call that forth. We never try to take somebody um, their power from them because we don't see ourselves as anybody's authority. We call the other into recognition of their own authority. And yes. Sue, you have been a beautiful example to me. I've, I've been watching you for all these years and reading your what you write and listening to your podcasts, your messages. And you are the embodiment to me of that light shines through you. How does that feel to you to accept that, that compliment? <laughs> I have had to learn to accept compliments. I, um, I talked a few weeks ago about the imposter syndrome. And it is where those of us, particularly who have achieved much, feel that we're not deserving. We, we don't know how to accept compliments. If somebody says, great job, we say, oh, it was nothing. If somebody says, oh, you're such a phenomenal person. We go, oh, not really. You know, I've got this pimple and I've got that one. And, 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 and oh, I've got, got clay feet. And regardless of what we accomplish and, and how we show up, uh, when we show up in our brilliance, we think that it's, it's luck or we think we don't deserve it. So I've had to work through all of that. Uh, my friend says I have more degrees than a thermometer has, and my, you know, and 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 people know that who who really know my history, I can paper a wall with with degrees and certificates because that was my way of trying to be good enough, and yet never good enough, never always seeking something else, trying to fill that hole in my soul that would allow me to say yes. I am great, but not because of anything that I do. Although I'm the vehicle, it is God who works through me that's actually doing all of these things. So I'm simply allowing myself to be used as an instrument of God. It's like 
I am an instrument for good and that is in love. And that's what I try to bring into the world. But it's taken me a long moment to get to the point of being able to say thank you. Namaste. <laughs> how, long, how long have, uh, for how many years have you been accepting that? Uh, again, it's a process. It's, it's like incrementally, I get better every day. I get better every day. But as, uh, you know, I, I, I retired from GSE. I've got a 45 plus year history in criminal justice and all of that. And then I taught at GSU for 15 years and retired from there. Uh, the dark secret during all of this time was that I never felt that I knew enough or that I was good enough. And when I would say that to people, they would say, but look at all you've accomplished. And be that as it may, all of those things on the outside did not really address the issue that was on the inside of me not yeah. feeling good enough of me like feeling that at some point somebody's going to find out that I don't know as much as they think I know. Yeah. So I, it's something that I have been working on and I, I, I couldn't put a name on it. And so about three years ago, I was so frustrated and aggravated by it because it didn't make sense given my reality of what I've accomplished. I was the Tallahassee Police Department's first legal advisor. And, and so I've done many things, but I still never felt like I was good enough. And, and, and I reached three years ago. It's like, I'm done with that. I got to figure out what it is. God, I got to figure out what it is. And so I went on a journey of researching uh, externally, but also a journey within myself to figure out what is this thing. Yeah. And when I ran across the information on the imposter syndrome, it was like, that's it. But yeah. why? And then I looked at my history and it's like, given where you come from, everybody said it's not likely that you would ever be anything. You yeah. were just going to be barefoot and pregnant. And so it's reasonable that you would accept that programming. Yeah. Black girl in the South, poor, poor girl, extremely poor. Father went to prison for murder when I was a year old. You know, mama had 10 children. You're one of those bad Carter children. Ain't going to never be nothing. Ain't going to never go nowhere. All of that. So what else would I think as I am? achieving these things, why would I think that I'm good enough? Everything about me said, everything that I came from, all of the messages in those formative years says you're not going to be enough. And yeah. so it's been in the last three years that I have been actively working to divest myself. But here's the thing, and this is what I want to leave y'all with, regardless of what everything else that I've said, what I want to leave you with is the more I know the God that I am, greatness is my birthright. Greatness oh is your birthright. Yes. And the more I know that and live that, the more I am able to walk away from the negative m mindsets that say, I'm not enough. I am more than enough. And so are you. Yes, I love that. I love that. And you know, in that imposter syndrome, that's just our ego mind. Those are the voices in our head. Like you said, it's, it, it can be tied directly to the conditioning. And I grew up a privileged white girl. And I came from a family that always told me I was going to do great. I was going to do great. So I, I heard the opposite message that you heard. And I still felt that I wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. So programming can be negative. The programming can be positive. But it's the programming yes. that acts as an imposter. Now, this brings me to an opportunity for me to read one of my favorite statements. And I mean, I've got it right here. Um, and, and please listen to these words as I share this, because what Sue just said 
is tied directly to this statement and it will rock your world if you understand it through the lens of what Sue just shared. This is an excerpt from uh, the book A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson and everybody's pretty familiar with this. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of light. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people can't feel, um, so that other people won't feel insecure in your presence. We are all men to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not in some of us, it is in everyone. And yes. as we let our light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Who are we not to own our magnificence? We don't own our magnificence, which I felt as a child, in my connection with Jesus, Sue felt it in her experiences with the divine inside of her. We get conditioned to believe that we're crazy, that we're sinners, that we're not good enough, that we're not capable enough. When we make an agreement to align with what is not true, we experience the discomfort of the yeah. disconnection from the life force, the joy, the creativity, the love, the peace, the incredible sense of safety that comes from knowing who you really are, because that is where the peace passes all understanding. You can't understand the peace that is felt only in alignment. So of course, Cheryl, Cheryl so saying she's glad that we um, are sharing this with her. And Sue just gave you the formula that Marianne wrote in her book that Jesus has been teaching for 2000 years, that Buddha told us um, 2,500 years ago, the masters have been speaking truth, but we've been denying that truth because we got conditioned to believe the masters that have power and money were right, not the masters that walked around barefoot and didn't have a pot to piss in. We, we didn't wanna be like those masters that didn't have stuff, we wanted to be like the, the, the masters that had money and status and, and position. So we have to give all that up because Sue's joy returned to her, not because of all her degrees or mine because of all my success in real estate. My joy returned to me when I dropped down to my knees and I was willing to give all that away and let God lead the way. Sweet sister, oh my gosh, this has been such an incredible conversation. I am so, so grateful to you. Um, let's share with people, how can they connect with you? Because you are clearly uh, a wealth of information. Uh, what, is, what is the website? Obviously through Facebook, you can just send her a friend request, but your website is, what did you tell me earlier? Synergistic Healing, Synergistic Healing Center www.synergistichealingcenter.com. And that's a name that God gave me. And it's like, because I said, God, what is this thing that I do? And he, it came to me during the night and God said, get up and write it down. I said, I remember. He said, get up and write it down. And I thought, okay, I got up, I wrote it down. The next morning I realized that I would not have remembered. And 
I initially didn't know what it was. What does this mean? And what I got is that, you know, when you allow yourself to be a vessel or a vehicle for source, then source works through you in all different kinds of ways. You don't have to go to the books for the knowledge. If once you are in alignment and you are you surrender and allow source to use you, all that you need, you will receive. Surrender Absolutely. is the key. Surrender is the key. And for those who are listening to this on my podcast channel, Synergistic Healing center.com um you know and, and cheryl so so completely understand that you are you're about to turn 60 and you're just coming out of the life of constantly wanting to self-harm um because of all that shaming installed by your parents in the church let me congratulate you on your courage to be willing to come out of that that cocoon that imprisons your life because that's like, that's what happens to us we build a shield around us we think it's protecting us but it's actually blocking us from express the truth of who we are we it blocks us from receiving um just love from other people when we operate with that that shield around us um, we operate from really truly what what marianne says our greatest fears that were powerful beyond measure and as, as a coach, I know Sue will tell you the same thing. One of the most challenging things that we have to do is remind our clients that they really are powerful beyond measure. Oh, yes, yes, I yes. want to tell you you're powerless, you're a victim. You have to turn that off. And you have to be the one who chooses Yes. To say, well, if I was powerful beyond measure, what would my life look like? You have to create the crack that allows for the possibility that that light is in you because you are, you know, Sue and I cannot give you the light. Sue and I are telling you where the light is. You have to accept it and, and you've got to turn, you, you have the power to turn up that dimmer. Um, so, Sue, speak to Cheryl. What, what words of advice would you want to share to somebody who has experienced that kind of of, um, of maybe abuse that, like you experienced from your parents? You know, I, I found such joy and peace in learning to meditate and blocking out the, the sounds of the world. There are all of those voices. I, I think of our minds as, as supercomputers and we become what the programming is, what the programming tells us to be. And so a major task that is presented to each of us is, if we choose to accept it, is the task of unlearning, unlearning, which requires you first to have an awareness of, well, what is, who am I? Who am I? How did I get here? Where do I want to go? And what, is, what stops me? What is the what, the, what I call the transformation gap is what stands between where you are right now and where you want to go. And many times that has to do, how, how you determine that is to look back at those people who were in your life and you have to make a decision. Not everybody will go with you on this journey and, and you have to be willing to cut thoughts, cut people, cut places. And it's not that that comes from a negative, it really comes from being self-full. Notice I didn't say selfish, self-full, meaning full of yourself. Because we know that we can, when we are in our light, what we give is from the overflow. Yes. 
we don't give from the fullness of who we are, but we've been programmed to believe that we're selfish, and that's the program that's running in our mind. We're selfish, we're not enough. We have to unlearn those, which isn't an easy task for most of us, but there are techniques that can be used to learn that. You know, they're like NLP, hypnosis, uh, meditation, journaling. There are a lot of techniques that you can use to help you in that process, but that's where I would start and begin to read positive books that are inspiring. Deepak Chopra, Wayne Dyer, uh, Louise Hay, all of those, and especially Louise Hay in the beginning, was very, very helpful for me. Yes, so, so many wonderful words of wisdom. And when you said on learning, so one of the things that I was given to share with the world, this is the first teaching that Jesus gave me was a workshop called The Power of Awareness. And that's why I call myself an awareness coach. All of my work is centered around helping people become Mm -hmm. self-aware. And I was given a, a, the six phases that I had to travel through from conception to enlightenment. And all of those phases have a very specific uh, path. You know, they're very clearly laid out in a free masterclass, a video masterclass that I created. It's called a soul's journey. And the phase number five is the unlearning phase. So if you want to check out just a real, it's about an hour's worth of videos. It's a very powerful visual that helps you see where are you on the journey. Now, it's not static. It's not like you get someplace and you're done. It's it's a spiral. You, You keep going through them, but you keep going through these stages with more clarity, more awareness. And you expand out of the circle where when you are unaware, you contract and you collapse into a small idea of who you are. But you go to my website, lineorlando.com, and you can register to receive that free. Um, it's called The Soul's Journey. And when you register for that, you'll automatically receive my newsletters, which keep you up to date with things that I've got going on, guests and stuff like that um, with my program. But when you are armed with awareness of what's coming and where you've been, where you are makes a lot more sense. And the unlearning phase is, is like Sue said, we have to be the ones who choose to let go of conditioning that no longer serves us. And that conditioning that no longer serves us is conditioning that we received a long time ago. And like all good things come to an end, you know, we've got to let the conditioning that we see as children, we got to let that go because we're not children anymore. Just as we took off the, the you know, the uh, tricycle bikes, or just as we let go of those yes. train wheels, we've got to let go of the programming we received when we were children so that we can return ourselves to the innocence that we were before the programming because that is where our light is that wants to shine. So, Sue, we're going to go ahead and close this. Thank you all so much. If you guys have something you want to say to Sue, um, any comments? What did you think of this conversation? Cheryl, thanks. Um, for expressing your your gratitude. Of course, we love sharing this with you. I love sharing these conversations. Next week, I've got an incredible friend um, on April the 6th. John Mark Stroud is going to be my guest, and he is a student uh, of A Course in Miracles and The Way of Mastery, so we share that that connection, and he is is one who walks the talk as well. But, Sue, uh, share whatever last comments you might want to share and know that I am so grateful that you shared your wisdom because this is going to stay here forever. 
It has been such a pleasure to be on with you, Lena, and, and to share with your audience. Uh, I'd like to invite them to go to my website. Um, I'm not, not my website, actually, uh, my professional page on Facebook. I've got a group called Embracing Your Greatness where I talk about things like this. But also, I just started uh, conversations with Dr. Sue, which talks about spiritual issues, in which I also do... Um, energy healing and I share messages whatever it is that God gives me for the individual and or the group which is my work in being here uh, I share those messages if you uh, would drop me your email information through messenger message me I will be glad to add you to the group I'm doing it on Sunday evenings at 8 p.m. right now it's a small group six people but um, I, I'm working with those people who are coming into enlightenment and wanting to move forward to become more aligned and, and to have a greater understanding of what it means to say I am because we all are I am. Oh, I love that. Sue, if you could, after this conversation is recorded and posted, would you make uh, come in and make a comment on, on this thread so that people can find you? Because a lot of people are going to watch this after today, and we want to make sure that they, they know how to reach you. And sure. I love what Sue is doing, and I, I want to... Um, oh, Christine, I'm so glad that you enjoyed this. Thank you, and blessings to you too, dear friend, dear sister. Um, Something that is crucial that we understand is that the world is giving us the, the proverbial, you know, two by four. This virus, the collapsing of institutions, the, our, our inability to rely on our safety being outside of us, be it through pharmaceuticals, through the, the medical insurance system, be it through the government, through the financial institutions, through jobs. Um, these things are collapsing for a reason because yes. of blocking our ability to come within and connect with the true, the true authority, which is that power that is innately your birthright. And Sue just said it. There is an I amness within us, and we have to get comfortable that I am what I am because that is how God created us. When yes. we operate from that knowingness of this love that is inside of us that wants to overflow out, we will create a we will create heaven on earth. Because when you're aligned with God, the joy that you experience will not allow you to be in judgment of anybody else. What happens the Lord. joy, you automatically begin to uplift others. There is going to be a beautiful world when we see each other as equals and as as Sue and I, here we have totally different backgrounds, different different um, upbringings, took different paths, but we came to the same realization. We are the same because we share the same creative source. And from that place, we will know our equality. And that's when peace on earth is possible, when we see each other as brothers and sisters. Thank you, sweet sister. I so appreciate you, Sue. So with that, we will say goodbye and have a magnificent rest of your day. And uh, if you enjoy this, please share it. And please go visit Sue's uh, website and also friend her on Facebook. You'll be glad you did. Thanks a bunch, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.